We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and sitting across the virtual table from me is the man of steel himself, John Irons. John, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Sean. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And back with us from last episode, Rick Tatro. Rick, how are you doing tonight? I'm just grand, thanks. How are y'all tonight? Doing great. Welcome back to Cosmic Potato. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Uh, This episode is going to essentially be our Halloween episode. So we're going to try and keep everything in that genre and not necessarily horror, but, you know, things that you would want to watch if it were Halloween. Spooky, sci-fi, if you want to go full-on terror, whatever, you know, those those kinds of movies. But before we uh, get into all that, we're going to do our normal routine, and that means that we're going to play a little game. <laughs> and, uh, John, I picked the Halloween game especially for you. This game Thanks. is you're welcome. This game is Halloween Haiku. <laughs> All right. okay. So the way it works is uh, I've got several haikus. I'm not going to use all of them because there are probably 30 on this page. But all these haikus are basically a clue for a movie, and it may be a horror movie, or it may be a sci-fi horror movie, or suspense thriller. You know, something along those lines. And what I'll do is I'll read the haiku. If you get the name of the movie immediately, great. If it takes a minute, I'll I'll go ahead and give you the year that the movie came out. Try and make it a little. Uh, some of these are going to be pretty pretty easy though. But uh, let's see. I'll do the first. The first one will be via Ouija board, Georgetown University, witchcraft or something. Am, are are we both playing or? Yes, yes, yes. You got, you're both playing. Just whoever gets I just first? I just I picked it for John because John John's the haiku expert. So. Oh, okay. I'm trying to. Was that the craft? Was that the name of that? No, it's not the craft. That's a good guess, though. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. So. Yeah, no. I'll, I'll give you the year. The movie came out in 1973. Oh, uh, Exorcist. Yes, The yeah. Exorcist. Okay, let me find a movie one I have yet to watch the entirety of. You know, I've <laughs> never seen I've never seen the first one all the way through. I think there's a, a sequel or something. Oh, there's several. Like, that one of straight to video kind of things. I, I I saw a couple of those, but I've never seen the original all the way through. But uh, let's do another one. A living dead man kills to rebuild his own flesh. What's a Cenobite? Oh, <laughs> oh, um, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yes, right. Hellraiser. Okay. Covered up a killing, but guy isn't really dead, and now wants revenge. I know what you did. I saw. Exactly. Yes. Uh, that one, that was that's a that's, this one's gonna be a pretty easy one, I think. But Loomis lost Michael. Mike plans to stab once again. The boogeyman lurks. I thought it was is an that, easy one. Well, is that uh, Friday the Thirteenth? No. Halloween. 
Yeah, it's Halloween. Loomis. Right, right. Dr. Loomis. Yeah. I don't think I watched any of those. Really? Which, which is why I got the two of them mixed up. I'm like, okay, one of them is Michael, <laughs> the other one's Jason, and I can't remember which is which. I didn't know you could get away from seeing at least one of them. Yeah, I probably just disqualified <laughs> myself from the entirety of this Halloween. No. <laughs> I've never seen any of them either. I just, I, I, everybody around me are horror fans, so I, yeah. I've learned a lot of this by osmosis. I haven't seen all of them. Now, there's, there's like, what, 40 of them. But yeah. <laughs> the, the the first one I, is is a classic if you like horror, you know. But then it got a little. Uh, we'll finish the game. And we'll talk about all that later. <laughs> uh, all work and no play must be driving Dad crazy. Here's Johnny. He howls. I'll let you take this one. The Shining. <laughs> yeah, that was an easy one. <laughs> Let's see if I can find one that's a little bit tougher. Stunt man runs down girls, smashes them with a stunt car. It is that simple. Oh, um, it's all you. I do. know exactly what. It was. Well, it, it was. It was it's a Tarantino. You know, it was like bulletproof. Almost. 2007. Death proof. Death proof. Yeah. I was like, bulletproof. Wasn't that a Damon Wayans movie? But yeah, I, I was. <laughs> yeah, I know I was. That, in the, and was in that the was a. That was a horror movie. Wasn't that the Adam Sandler one that he did? Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah, that, that was a horror movie. <laughs> Every Adam Sandler movie is a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, let's do, I'll do one more. This tape is haunted. No wonder VHS died. It was self defense. I like that movie. What'd you say, John? The Ring. Yes, or the Ring. Ringu, depending on. The Japanese. Yeah, the Japanese. It was Ringu, yeah. Ringu or Ringo or something. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, we do a news segment on every show. I tried to pick a couple of news stories that kind of kept with the Halloween thing theme. Uh, the first one is the Evil Dead TV show that's starting later this month. It, it's old news as far as being in development, but we haven't talked about it on the show. But I never saw that uh, reboot that they did back in 2013. So I don't know how close it was to the original. I don't know. I've heard good things about it. It did pretty good in the in the theater, but apparently Sam Raimi wants to, wants his next step to be TV, which is kind of what a lot of the old TV series are starting to do, you know, like from dusk till dawn and Fargo are all turning into TV shows and stuff now. But, but I, have you guys heard anything about it? Uh, about the, the, the Ash, show. Yeah. Ash versus, versus Evil, Evil Dead. Dead. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, I've seen I've seen the trailer for it, and it looks it, it very much is capturing the flavor of the uh, the original movies. Now I haven't seen the uh, the remake, and I never will. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you've ever listened to the Little Pot of Horrors podcast, they they did a whole show about it, and uh, it's if you've seen okay, I, I recently saw Evil the first Evil Dead for the first time uh, a couple months ago. I, I, I'm it, Full disclosure, I'm a big wuss when it comes to horror flicks. Yeah, and uh, the the little pot of horrors is trying to they're the they're trying to get me to watch more more intense stuff, and they're they're succeeding. But uh, uh, just on my own, I watched the first Evil Dead because uh, I love Army of Darkness. And yeah. And when I when I saw Army of Darkness, I had no idea it was the third in a trilogy. Right. Uh, and so I I just I went back and watched Evil Dead one and. Uh, from what I understand, the remake is pretty much a direct uh, remake of the original, but done well. 
and done without the camp and without the the silliness. And so it's apparently really scary. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I and, and I have I haven't seen it, and I, I figured when, when I heard that they were making a remake of it, that they were going to go a little more, a little more on the horror side than on the camp side. Raimi is really good about kind of walking that line between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, his he, he, he like uh, what was the one drag me drag me to hell that he made? Yeah, that's that, on my list actually. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll talk we'll talk talk about that later. But yeah, and. Uh, when I heard they were making a show, I don't know, something in my head just clicked that it was just going to be somebody was taking it from Raimi, but then I read about it, and now, oh, Raimi's behind it, and Bruce Campbell's back, and he's going to be Ash again. Like, like th- this may actually be something worth watching. You know? <laughs> I, I am both excited by the fact that Campbell's in it and a little worried because, uh, you know, I, it, Bruce Campbell is awesome. Yeah. And... Uh, if you've ever read his autobiography, if chins could kill, it's a, it's the dude, <laughs> the dude is really neat. It, and, uh, you come away from that book. I mean, obviously he's going to, he's not going to write himself in a bad light, but he just, he seems like a really cool dude too. Uh, but anytime someone goes back and reprises a role that they haven't done for like 20 years. Yeah. Uh, well, not every time, but sometimes it doesn't go so well. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of reserving my my enthusiasm for it. Yeah, I think Stallone has kind of gotten into th- this whole leg of his career is going back and revisiting old <laughs> old roles. Yeah. He's done. So you know you don't want to don't want don't necessarily want that. But um, but I don't I haven't seen the trailer. All I've done, all I've read is just the articles that have come out online and stuff. So I don't know even what it's going to look like. John, what, have you heard anything about it? Um, I, not really. Nothing. Nothing spoilery. Like nothing that everybody doesn't already know. That it's, yeah, it's happening. He's in it. Um, Lucy it, Lawless is in it too. It, I it is supposed yeah. to embody the the uh, the the Evil Dead films pretty well. Yeah. the 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 premise seems to be there's a a, a group of young. Adults, I, I want to call them kids, but they're not kids. They're you know, the twenty-somethings who are have either found the Necronomicon and released the Deadites again, or yeah. you know, s- somehow they're the main ones, and then they they go to Ash, and you know, he's he's advising them or something. They've got to come out of retirement or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, the last thing that I saw him in was on. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the Librarian series that's on the cable. That's got oh, that. that's right. Yeah, he was on that. Yeah, he he they did a uh, they've got a TV show of it now called The Librarians, and yeah, it's uh, pretty good actually. Yeah, okay, it is. It. It's a good show, and he was on that. He played Santa Claus in the Christmas special, but they kind of did a twist on it. And he wasn't the uh, traditional Santa Claus. It was a he was a an entity that calls himself Santa Claus. But he did he did a pretty good job in that. But I always think of him. Besides Evil Dead, you know, I always think of him as Autolycus from the Hercules and Xena <laughs> series, you know, and Lu- and Lucy Lawless is going to be in that in this, so you know, they're, I guess they're trying to get that chemistry back that they they had with her on that on that show. Yeah, I, I, I think of him as um, as Ash and Autolycus, and his third um, role at this point for me is uh, Sam Axe from uh, Burn Notice. Yeah, Burn Notice, and, yeah. he, and he's he's definitely one of the reasons that I watched that show. It, it was. It was it was a decent show, but like I probably wouldn't have like fit it into my schedule if if not for for him and the MacGyver esque aspect. Yeah. 
Wasn't there uh, there wasn't uh, there a rumor that he was going to have a spinoff from that show, or did it, or did it actually happen? Well, he did. A, it was like a, um, an accompanying movie, like a TV movie. Oh, okay. That was kind of like uh, a, a, like a little snapshot of his history, like before the events of today. Right. Um, kind of how he got burned himself, like you know the events that led to that. Right. Um, and it was you know it was all right. I never, I never saw it. it. it was... Yeah, I never saw it, but I had heard that something, something along those lines was coming down. But uh, the other news story. I'll tell you that... how how Go old ahead. I am. <laughs> oh, I was going to tell you how Go old ahead. I am. Bruce Campbell was Briscoe County Junior to me before he was oh, Ash. I remember yes. Briscoe County Junior. I, was... I have the DVD collection, and I, and I had to look hard to find it. But I, I love that show. I think I was in high school when that came that... out because that was one of those. Uh, that was one of those shows, and he he had another show that was along those same kind of campy lines. That was uh, Prince of Thieves or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. You know, uh, yeah, he's good Jack in those of, kind Jack of roles. Of, Jack of all Jack trades. Of, that was the name. Jack of all trades. Yeah. You see, that was back back when Briscoe kind. Of, I mean, it only got one season, which was a crime against everything. But that was the greatest Friday night TV ever. Was. X Files and then uh, no Briscoe County Junior and then X Files. Yeah, yeah, I remember the, their first that, seasons. I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've seen it since it was on. So I've got vague memories of it, but I remember it being a really good show. I don't know. I don't know why the good ones only get one season. Firefly, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. and and this was Fox TV yeah. still, yeah, as well. I don't know. I I have the first. I have it. The box set here, a friend of mine uh, gave it to me because she knew I liked it, and uh, I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it because I'm well, I'm so not. afraid you're, it's not going to hold up. You're afraid that your memory no, is a little better than yeah. It holds up. Does, does it? it cool. Up. It does. And and uh, it's also the sad the sad fact that Lord Bowler, the actor that played him, has passed away, which uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he died. <laughs> no. He died five years ago, six years ago, something like that. Now I am sad. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could remember his name, but uh, I, I loved it. Um, everybody in that show was awesome. Julius Carey. Mm. Julius Carey, Julius Curry, one of those. Mm-hmm. Also known as Show Nuff from one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> show Nuff. <laughs> show Nuff. The Shogun of Harlem. <laughs> from, the, from, the, uh, from The Last Dragon. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, The Last Dragon. Oh, okay. There is a movie, yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other story that I wanted to talk about, and this this might take us down a rabbit hole. Try not to go too deep, but there's a lot of information that's being dribbled out to us about this uh, Ghostbusters reboot that's coming out next year. And just if there's anybody out there that's been living under a rock that doesn't know what I'm talking about, they're doing a reboot of Ghostbusters. It's going to be an all-female team led by Melissa McCarthy from Mike and Molly, and Kristen Wiig's going to be in it, directed by Paul. Am I pronouncing his last name? Is it Feig or Fig? Feig. But oh, he's the guy that directed Bridesmaids. There was um, and the reason I'm bringing it up, there's one bit of information that actually came. It actually came out a couple weeks ago, but it really made me angry when I read it because I'm a Ghostbusters fan from way back. I saw it on TV when I was like, I don't know, 10. And um, on the last show, I told, I told you guys, I probably watched Ghostbusters 2 like 20 times when it was on Showtime and stuff. But So I've been waiting for a quarter of a century for these guys to get back together and make a third movie. 
and all the reports said Bill Murray doesn't want to do it. Bill Murray doesn't want to have anything to do with it. There's even a story that that uh, Harold Ramis sent him a script for Ghostbusters three, and he shredded it and mailed it back to Harold Ramis. And so the closest thing that we ever got to a third movie was the video game a few years ago that where they all came back and they did the, the voices of the characters and stuff. So Bill Murray held out for years. Finally, Harold Ramis died, and then pretty much any chance of another sequel with the original crew died with him. Uh, they they might have done a a sequel without Peter Venkman, but they're not going to do one without Peter Venkman and without Egon. So now Bill Murray's going to come back and do a cameo in this movie. So I'm like, really, Bill? Really? You held out for 25 years, and now you're going to go and do this this cameo for this one? Well, we could we could have had all four of you back, you know, six seven years ago. I don't know. I don't want to go off on a rant, but <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a story came out last week that um, Rick Moranis doesn't want to do it, which I don't blame him. You know, they just want him to come back and do what read a couple of lines of script and then go back home or whatever. You know, they might pay him well for it, but it's probably not worth his time. But well, Moranis retired for a really good reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, his wife died and he, you know, he didn't need to work anymore. Uh, so he retired from movies so that he could raise his children. Right. Uh, and I read that story you're talking about, uh, where he, he, yeah, he said, they, they want me to come in for one day's work. Why would I, why should I do that? Uh, but he is starting to think about coming back to doing movies again. Oh, I'd Um, I'd love it if he came back and made some movies. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just don't. And I, I totally respect him for, you know, saying no. I'm, you know, I'm being dad right now. Right. And if you guys want to do the movie, that's groovy. Uh, you know, bless you, have fun. But I'm not interested because uh, they've been trying to get him as long as they've been trying to get Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, and as as for Murray doing a cameo in the new one, uh, first of all, are we sure that's not just a rumor? Well, I mean, it's a story that I saw a couple of weeks ago where they said Bill Murray is going to be having a cameo in this. In the, but, you know, everything that you see on the Internet could be a, a rumor. But yeah. I, but also, without trying to, to, to well, without, without trying to stir up too much stuff, have you ever seen any of the stories of, the, of Aykroyd's original ideas for Ghostbusters? A few of them. Dan Aykroyd kind of kind of lost his mind a little bit <laughs> he well no he's always been out there. oh yeah and the original ghostbusters was going to take place in the future and in space with alien i mean the, the the original script it took something like 10 years to get the film made because the original script couldn't have been made for less than like 20 million dollars back in the in the late 70s yeah uh and it took Tons of people sitting on Aykroyd and chopping the crap out of his script uh, to get the the masterpiece we saw. We got. I saw it in the theaters. I remember when it came out. Yeah. And you know we were we were very trepidatious about it because you know SNL alums have always had a very sketchy track record with movies. You know, you can count on one hand how many SNL-based movies or SNL actors came out of, you know, did movies that were worth anything. Right. Uh, you <laughs> it's know, Pat. You've got... Uh, <laughs> it's Pat the movie. You know, <laughs> Blues Brothers, Wayne's World. I, I call Caddyshack. the Coneheads a success. Yeah, Caddyshack. Um, you know, 
they have a lot more hits than misses or a lot more misses than hits. Right. Have you ever yeah. seen Dr. Detroit? <laughs> um, so when Ghostbusters came out, we were like, okay, this looks like it might be fun, but, and it ended up being, you know, the, the classic, we know it is now. Right. Um, I'm guessing. Now, I think the the whole Murray shredding the script on Red was a was a rumor. It probably uh, was. There's a lot of. I Hollywood think I read man. that he said no. Yeah, and yes, he's the one that's been holding out. But I I think maybe, and I don't know. This is just speculation. It could just be that in talking with Murray or, or with uh, Ackroyd, maybe. Ackroyd was just going way out there again, and Bill was like, no. Yeah, the script. Oh, no, God, no. The script, man, because <laughs> I did hear rumors that they wanted um, in the third movie that they basically hell was going to rise up out of the earth and, and New York was going to become hell or something like that, which is kind of close to what they ended up doing for the video game, which mm-hmm. I thought, I guess the video game is our Ghostbusters 3. That's, that's the closest we're going to get to to the original crew getting back together, but I'm, yeah. I'm kind of, but well, but also go ahead. Oh, go sorry. ahead. No, go ahead. Well, also consider this showing up for one day and putting in a cameo versus filming an entire movie. When you're pushing 70, yeah. uh, I kind of don't blame, I, I don't hold it against Murray that he would, you know, maybe he saw the script, thought it was great. They asked him if he would come in and, you know, do a scene or two. And, you know, Bill Bill Murray is a real easygoing guy. Have you heard any of the stories of him just roaming the earth, dropping in on people's weddings <laughs> yeah. or doing, you know, selfies in a McDonald's or something? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a great story of, of a dude who's at a, a Burger King or something, and Bill Murray just walked up, took one of his French fries and ate it and went, no one's ever going to believe you, and walked away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think, you know, that's the kind of stuff this guy is doing now. Why not show up and do a, do a scene or two? And I think some of it may be the other people that are in the film because he he's he made a movie with Melissa McCarthy last year and the other three people that are in the film are on Saturday night live so they may have had some pull so i don't know mm-hmm. i just when i saw the story i was like you held out for 25 years and now you're going to come back john we're kind of talking around you if you want to go if you want to say anything no i'm good okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan yeah. too. Uh, so I, that's why I, you know, like we said the last time, I I didn't think Ghostbusters two was all that great. So the same guys doing a third one 15 years yeah. later didn't fill me with a lot of enthusiasm. It wasn't. It wasn't. Which I mean, you can say this for a lot of sequels. It wasn't as good as the first one. But you know, I think Ghostbusters two catches a lot of flack. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was a. a it had its moments. You know, it had. And it was a lot closer. I think that the cartoon was already on the air when the second one came out. So yep, they and that was one of the things that bugged. Yeah, me they were it. trying to keep it close because they knew kids that were watching the cartoon were going to come and see this film. So they didn't want to make it so different from the cartoon that they wouldn't recognize the what was going on. That's why you know they had Slimer back in there and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, and Egon's hair. Yeah, and, yeah. Which at least they didn't dye it blonde. but um okay let's uh we'll we'll dig into our main topic now so uh we're gonna kind of do the same format we did uh last time we're gonna go around the virtual circle but what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about movies that tie in with halloween it does like i said before it doesn't have to be a horror movie uh that genre really encompasses lots of different things you know sci-fi 
monster movies, whatever. But and I'm not gonna go first this time. I'm gonna let one of you guys start, and I'll go last. Since I went, I went John, first we've last. been talking all over you. Why don't you go yeah. for it? <laughs> I'll go first. Um, uh, I don't know if this is on anybody else's list, but to me, it is you know a classic at this point. And um, the genius of incorporating two holidays into one movie, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Um, like, it's, it is, it's a staple. <laughs> it's probably not appropriate for the children that I show it to. <laughs> but, you know, that's what, that's what growing up is all about, kids. But <laughs> <laughs> Monsters and Christmas lights. Um, uh, so if anyone needs a synopsis, um, all of the holidays um, are represented. They're all like different realms, all different lands. And uh, the kind of the king of Halloween, Jack Skellington, uh, has another successful Halloween, as he always does, because he's the master. But he's he's feeling ennui because it's the same thing every year, and he doesn't – he's just not feeling his groove. So he goes for a walk in the forest and stumbles upon the portals to all of the other holidays, including and especially Christmas, where he sees a world completely unlike his own, becomes fascinated by it, and decides um, in a moment of inspiration to uh, hijack uh, the holiday from Santa right. Claus to, to help him out, you know, cause to, to let him relax this year. You need a day off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, horrific hilarity ensues. Love that movie. And we, were, I was talking about this movie the other day because uh, my daughter is in the marching band at, at her school, and they had a band competition. And one of the other school's bands, their whole routine was uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, and they had some of the costumes and stuff like that. So the discussion we had was, is it a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? <laughs> I'd, I'd say it is equally both. If 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 you have to lean it one way or the other, I guess I would say it's a Halloween movie more. But it's a Halloween movie that spends its whole time loving on right. Christmas. Okay. Uh, and the, you know, now I think about it. I mean, the the plot is you know original in itself, which is always nice to see for a holiday movies, since so many of them are just kind of retreads. But um, it was a musical, yes, which was when it came out, kind of unusual. Um, pretty unusual, and it was stop motion animation, which was you know practically unheard of. When was it like mid eighties? No, no, what early yeah, 90s. early nineties, I think. Mid-90s. Yeah, yeah, like ninety four, early ninety three, ninety four, something like that. Yeah, you know what? It was it was it was ninety four because it was my freshman year in college. So uh, yeah, and and it it is a true original. Um, you know, it hits on all cylinders. Like it is a it's a wonderful achievement. Well, I would say it is definitely a Christmas movie, but it's a Christmas movie intended for Wednesday and Pugsley Adams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, I had trouble when I saw the movie because I couldn't put it, I couldn't find a mental box to put it in until I, fi- I finally, because I went into it expecting it to be satirical and tongue in cheek, and it's absolutely not. It is totally earnest. It is Tim Burton doing. A Christmas movie that he would have loved for, as a kid. that he would have wanted, yeah. Uh, and that's exa- and that's all it is. There, you know, I, you know, there may be layers of meaning in it that I don't, you know, I haven't plumbed. I, to be honest, I've only seen it once. Um, 
but it, it's if you go to it expecting it to be, you know, this is a Christmas movie set at Halloween, ha ha, wink wink. No, there's no nudge, there's no wink. It is a it is a, a it is a Christmas movie from the twisted yeah. <laughs> psyche of Tim Burton. Yeah, and I love that. Um, he's he's kind of gone back and done some animated films since then. I think he did the the Corpse Bride and and a yeah, couple and of others. Halloween-y. Yeah, and he um he still does the same stop motion animation even though he could do it with computers now but it wouldn't look the same you know what i mean yeah right and he wants he wants to keep that classic look you know so and and i like that about him you know but i don't know i i used to love tim burton uh mars attacks and uh nightmare before christmas and beetlejuice yeah right up until uh Planet of the Apes. Yeah. <laughs> and almost everything he's done since then, with the exception of Big Fish, I thought Big Fish was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, it just, it, as, as the British say, and I'll, I'll sanitize this for our PG <laughs> audience here, he climbed up his own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, he, he, you know, I think he, he kind of got to this position, this place where he's like, I'm Tim Burton and I can do no wrong. And he, and I think he stopped trying. He stopped, wa- he stopped being hungry. And got comfortable and just started doing the same things over and over again. I, uh, I, I kind of agree with you on, um, you know, uh, kind of the, the parabola, I guess, of, of his works. Um, I, I, I liked Planet of the Apes. I guess I liked it more than I thought it would. I guess I should say. I didn't really like the was it the Alice in Wonderland. Oh. Uh, not, not making, so much. He's making a Although the, of those. The dance at the end was yeah. was amusing, um, but no, I, I don't. I think it's. I, I get the sense um, that it's less. I'm Tim Burton. I can do no wrong. Um, than it's. I'm Tim Burton, and I'm going to do what I want to do. And I really don't. I don't need you to watch yeah. it. I just, yeah. I just like. If I just you like want to know, if you want to see exactly, you know, I'm gonna get paid. I, I just, I just want to. I'm gonna put up what I want to put up, and you know, I guess there's, you know, there's a degree of respect for that, but there's also kind of like, okay, but do you owe your audience something? Maybe yeah. you don't. Maybe you do. You know, you're the if artist. You want to see uh, some what? How strange some of his ideas are. There's a documentary documentary out called "The Death of Superman Lives." And uh, I think it's online now. You can, right. you can, has, yeah, has it's online. Yet? You can watch it online. Yeah, oh, and really? I watched okay. it a while back, and it's basically. Boy, did we dodge a bullet yeah. in that one? <laughs> they show some of the drawings, and they show some of the behind-the-scenes uh, looks of Nicolas Cage trying on his costumes and stuff like to see what he was gonna do with Superman. That would have been the strangest comic book movie to that point. I mean, it was he had some he had some really weird ideas, and just just the words Nicolas Cage is yeah, Superman still gives with me long shivers. with long black hair <laughs> and and the costume did not look anything like which I mean was probably what he was going for. It did not look like it had Superman colors, which I think he was going to wear two or three different variations of the suit in the in the movie, but it had mm-hmm. the red and the blue colors. But other than that, you know. It wasn't Superman at all, you know. But that's a <laughs> John. I'm, I may have, I may assign you know that movie I... to you at some point in the future. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, 
I, I think I remember I read this uh, this fan theory that um, basically uh, Frank and Weenie, um, the Corpse Bride, and the Nightmare Before Christmas um, are all kind of in the same universe, and the basically the main character is the same person. Really. In kind of in kind of like three different timelines. So he's, as a kid, you know, uh, Frank and Weenie, uh, he, he's he's a boy, kind of you know, fascinated by death, and has the little dog that he brings back from the life, brings back to life. Um, and the corpse bride, he's like a young adult, um, once again entering the the world of the dead. Also has this same little dog, and he's always you know he's he's never like a right. bad guy. Um, but he's definitely, you know, goth freaking fused, yeah. shall we say. And, and, um, uh, obviously Nightmare Before Christmas at this point, he is dead. He's been dead for who knows how long. And, um, again, Zero, his little ghostly, um, pet. So, well, yeah, so there's that theory, and I'm and I'm saying all that to say it could be argued that Tim Burton has basically the same main character in all yeah. of his films. You know, um, the the dark, usually dark, long haired, um, outcast protagonist who um, doesn't really fit in, and you know has to learn that that's right. okay. Uh, so, you know, I guess with the possible exception of Batman, but you know. <laughs> oh, he's kind of an outsider. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, dark. Yeah, and he's okay with him. I keep forgetting yeah. that he directed. Yeah, he did the first two, and actually, actually, um, the first film he was kind of restrained by the studio to do everything that he wanted to do, and then they kind of let him go with Batman Returns. So that's why Batman Returns is a a lot darker. If you can say that a movie is darker yeah. than the first Batman, Batman <laughs> Returns is darker than that, right. and then really strange and not really kid friendly, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, but yeah, and then and then you know, bro, I'm not even going to go into Schumacher. <laughs> yeah. That's no. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, Edward Edward Scissorhands and. Uh, you know, just there's the and um, his Ed even Wood his remake. Yeah, Edward Scissorhands is a good movie, and I think that's the first. Yeah, no, no, no I'm, not, I'm not saying it was a bad movie. I'm just saying like the, the yeah. like his. There's definitely a a a consistent theme, I guess, to the right. characters that he, he tries to uh, focus on. Again, possible exception of uh, <laughs> Big Adventure. He got he got wrangled <laughs> into that one too. Yeah. Slightly more slightly more optimistic in his standard fare. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes about Tim Burton I heard uh, a little while ago was when Burton and Helena Bonham Carter split up and someone asked which one of them gets custody of Johnny <laughs> yeah. Depp. Yeah, he does keep kind of going back to the well with that one and put Johnny Depp in just about everything that he makes, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, and a different wig. Different wig, yeah. you'll never know it's him. <laughs> All right, Rick, go ahead with your, with your uh, first pick. Uh, my first pick is the uh, – oh, damn. I didn't look up the date. Anyway, the classic – this is my all-time go-to Halloween film, An American Werewolf yes. in London. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, 
you're, you're 12. <laughs> you shouldn't be listening to this show. Go to bed. Um, the, the story concerns two young guys, one uh, David and Jack, who are backpacking through the English moors. And they uh, stumble upon an inn, the slaughtered lamb. Uh, and they go in uh, and uh, try to get a beer. And then uh, Jack notices that there is a pentagram with some candles and stuff on one of the walls and asks what it is. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the, the music stops and everybody stares at them. And and uh, they've just realized they've made a, uh, a terrible tactical error and uh, are told to leave. And, of course, half the... Half the pub is like, no, you can't let them go. And the other half is like, shut up, they're going to go. And, of course, they get attacked by a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> um, this was the first horror comedy I ever saw where it didn't pull any punches on the horror side. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the, the prosthetics in this film are brilliant. They still hold up today. Uh, especially in this day of CGI and stuff. This is all practical because we're talking about 1983, yeah. 84, something like that. Yeah. Uh, the werewolf transformation, which you all now see in every werewolf movie ever, was pioneered by Rick Baker, and he got an Oscar for it in this film, where we see David turn into a werewolf in extreme detail and not the, the Lon Chaney humanoid just growing yeah, fur on his face come back, wolf man. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he actually turns into a wolf a yeah, giant wolf. snap muscles oh tear. yeah it looks painful as hell um and on top of all of that the amazingly gorgeous jenny augeter and uh well, let's just say the movie earns its R rating. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I mean, it's been so long since I saw it that I don't remember much about it. But I was working at a uh, movie theater um, in my when I was around nineteen or so when American Werewolf in Paris came out. So that's the one that I remember. Uh, uh, <laughs> go get get thee to the well red box or or netflix or whatever watch an american werewolf in london to scrub the that horrible sequel out of your not, mind not the remake because i think they did, did they? a remake a few years ago I, did I'm, they? I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they did oh blasphemy <laughs> um just it there is not a misstep in that whole movie and i have rewatched it re- fairly recently and it it does stand the test of time uh and it's got a, a great soundtrack uh and you know, and it it doesn't. Well, this is a bit of a if you can spoil a thirty year old movie. Um, it does not have a happy ending, and it shouldn't have a happy ending. And so this this it's just it it's genius. It's brilliant, and everyone yeah. needs to see it. Okay, so there. <laughs> uh, see my my first movie. What I, okay, I did something a little different. What I, I decided to take the different genres of horror and pick one for each. For each one of those, or the five of them, anyway, you know. So I picked uh, the first one. I decided would be from the psychological thriller genre, and I picked Psycho. And I know a lot of people are going to argue and say that Psycho is a slasher movie, but Psycho is not a slasher movie because only two people get killed in this movie, and one of them doesn't even. I mean, the first person that dies in the movie doesn't even die until halfway through the movie. <laughs> right, and yeah. you barely see yeah. it. Oh yeah, Hitchcock was uh was, was genius the way that he shot this that that uh, shower scene. But the way Hitchcock plays with the audience and the way that he focuses on Norman's behavior and the way he 
speaks so nervously and he keeps the audience on edge, you know, so much in that first half so that when that, when that shower scene actually happens, it, it, it's even more effective, you know, co- compared to what we have now, Janet Lee's death scene is not much of any, I mean, it's not gory. There's not a lot of detail to it, but if you go back today and you watch that movie from the very beginning, then when you get to that shower scene, when it starts, I still get nervous. Yeah, it's it is you know it is one of the best directed scenes in movie history. Like I mean, it is it is it's iconic for yeah. a reason. Like you know, and again, it, it it's so successful without really showing you anything. Like you know, it's it's you know ninety eight percent implied. Right. Uh, you never never see the knife pierce. You see the knife in front of her. You see her terror. You see what is actually chocolate syrup going down yeah. the drain. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's you know the the, the master of less is more. Have you seen the the movie that they made with Anthony Hopkins where he played Hitchcock? I think it was called Hitchcock, where he played. Did uh, I did see that. Um, yes, I, I think you're. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I, think, I think you're right, but yeah, it was um, it was great. So like, I didn't I didn't know it was based on real events. I didn't know that you know there was a book about it. And he, the, apparently, like, he just in order to keep the surprise ending a surprise for the movie, he like like, like bought up all the yeah. books or something like that. They bought yeah, it was book. based on a book that was supposedly based on a real person. And uh, but I don't right. I think that as it you know each iteration of that kind of watered down and i don't think norman bates is very much like the actual guy that that they based it on but the scene in the in the film where he's standing outside the theater and he's nervously pacing back and forth while his shower scene is about to start and everything i really like that scene i think it says a lot about him as a director that almost like an artist putting out a painting for the first time he's so nervous that somebody's going to see it and what they're going to think of it and everything I think that said a lot about his character, you know. Um, I didn't watch it. I think I saw a few episodes, but um, uh, yeah, was it Bates Motel? The name of the name of the series on I think like A and E or AMC. Um, and it was it was it was good, but it's I I think it just wasn't my. You have to separate it. You have to separate it from the film. Because they they change so well, many I, so many things about the character. Even, uh, yeah. I, I guess you know it's I guess it's kind of the same thing I have with Gotham, um, which you know a lot of people have told me that I should watch, um, but I kind of don't want every aspect of the backstory yeah. uh, of of like of a character that I that I like. Um, and and you know my thing with Gotham was okay it's a it's a you know it's a it's a Batman story without Batman right. you know it's the origin of everybody else I'm like which I guess but again in in fairness I cannot really critique it at all I haven't watched it um, well it's good so I mean I, I watched I, I, I haven't say. watched any of this season I watched the first season it's a good show it's um, basically. If you're watching Gotham, you have to think about it like you're not really watching Batman. You're watching a cop show, but it takes place in Gotham City. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
and the the guy that plays yeah. um who eventually turns into the the penguin um he's really in my mind he's really the star of the show he gets more uh scenes than anybody else but uh it's a good show but i think that the main reason they made it is because they're kind of you hope it's yeah well they're kind of running out of ideas of what to do with batman you know they've they've done batman they made you know what four five six seven movies of batman you know (laughs) and they're unless they're you know and well i mean they're gonna make the the Affleck one there. Well, yeah. I was about to say, and, and right, there's there's been like four kind of camps, yeah. I guess. No yeah. pun intended. <laughs> you know, four 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 Batman families, four Batman reboots, and they're about right. to do number five. Right. So, um, uh, the only other thing I wanted to say about Psycho was they made a remake in 1998 with Vince Vaughn and Anne Heche. Have you ever seen that? Okay, it, don't it. don't bother. It's not good. And basically, what they wanted to do was make a shot by shot remake of the film. I'm like, why are you doing that? They, if you're just if you're making it shot by shot, you're just reshooting a film that's already out there. You know, you're not right. changing much. I mean, some of the ways that they say certain lines or whatever are changed, but other than that. It's it's the same film. There's no reason to do it, and so they made the same film, but they made it worse, <laughs> you know, because now now it's in color and now it's right. it's supposed to be modern day and and it's it's Vince and, Vaughn, which I don't even I don't even really consider Vince Vaughn as being a serious actor. He's more of a comedy guy to me. I mean, I know he's had some serious roles, but if you watch this remake of Psycho, you know why he's he needs to stick to comedy. <laughs> 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 I, I'm being real quiet just because I've never seen. Sorry, I've seen the shower yeah. scene, of course, uh, but I've never seen the movie. I, I know what you know. I I know the basic plot line and I know the the twist at the end, but I've never seen it. So I, I just I, I haven't got anything. And to I mean, yeah, it turns out he was a ghost the whole time. <laughs> and that's the only one. In I mean, I know they made what four of them. Hitchcock only had anything to do with the yeah. first one. And in my opinion, that's mm-hmm. the only one worth watching. I've seen all of them. Well, the sequels didn't come about till the right. 80s, did they? I think I think the second Something one like may that. have been the late seventies, um, but they made they made two and three that were theatrical releases, and then the fourth one was like a made for Showtime movie or something like that, and uh, and it kind of tried to go back and show some of his backstory. And then after that came out, they tried to make a, a TV series in the nineties that I think they made the pilot and then never, it never got picked up and I don't even know. Psycho two was. Oh really? Okay. Okay. So it was, it was later, but yeah, so that was my pick for the first one. So John, go ahead with your second pick. Um, I will do. So I got a few different genres in here too. Um, and I know that I put that, that I that I said drag to hell was on my list, uh, and it is. But um, I may remove it um, in favor of my psychological thriller, Dead Ringers, which you know isn't isn't is like Psycho. It's not really a horror film, but it is 
one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. um, have you guys I seen this movie? I don't know if I've seen it. I don't remember. I have not. Okay. Uh, Dead Ringers stars um, my semi-namesake Jeremy Irons <laughs> uh, as a pair of gynecologists. He's, he is twins. He plays twins. Um, and it follows their slow descent into drug addiction and madness. <laughs> um, one leading more to the other and just this cycle of uh, just it's, it's, it, yeah, it's one of those movies that, um, and I, I would say like seven is on this yeah. list. It's an excellent movie. Everyone should see it once and then don't ever yeah. see it again. Because <laughs> like once is enough to scar you for life. Yeah, if seven um, is on your list of uh films to go back and watch over and over and over, you're kinda you're kind of a scary yeah, guy. <laughs> seek, seek, seek help yeah. immediately. Um oh that was directed by um David Cronenberg. Okay. Who um uh, also did the the Fly remake with uh, Jeff Goldblum, yep. um, and Naked Lunch. So he's 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 kind of he's definitely has um, a a a penchant for darkly dramatic, disturbing um, imagery, and and it, like it's, it's always well crafted. Like the the you know the dialogue is really good, the direction is great, the, the acting is is always on point. Um, and I think part of the reason maybe this was so disturbing was because, again, like Psycho, it wasn't anything fantastical. It wasn't, you know, a monster or an alien or something from, you know, the depths of Hades. It was a guy who's mentally unstable yeah. and on drugs operating on women. Like, it's, it's, and there was two of them. There was two of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm shaking right now, um, but yeah, that's 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 my uh, that's my second pick. Um, again, not, um, and I don't remember. I think they may there may be a couple of deaths, maybe, um, you know, definitely less than you could count on one hand. But again, it, it's 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 much more about the them watching the process right. of what it means to go mad <laughs> and, and take those around, take those around you with you. I'm making a list of all the ones <laughs> that you guys bring up that I haven't seen. So I <laughs> have to do my homework. <laughs> I've heard of that film, but I've never seen it. Um, I, I'm going to say it was probably mid nineties. Okay. Do a quick uh, search here. No, not even eighty-eight. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, Rick. You want to go ahead with your next pick? Sure. Uh, I don't have a psychological thriller on my list because I don't watch those. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> for just that reason, I, you know, as I, I'm, as I've established, I am kind of a, you know, a, a wuss when it comes to horror films. But as as long as I can have that, this cannot happen really wall, I'm okay. Yeah. You take take that away, you know, and and I the, I saw the original Friday the Thirteenth on VHS 
back maybe a couple of years after it came out in movie theaters. Uh, well, no, it had to be a lot longer than that. Um, anyway, uh, it, it still messes with me. Yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah, the, the uh, first you know, one, yeah, the first Friday, the 13th is pretty intense. It doesn't kind of get into the, the, um, camp or whatever. Yeah. That, I don't know the word I'm trying to think of at camp, I guess it doesn't start really getting into that until maybe the third one. So. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I need that, I need that, that barrier, that, uh, right. that wall between reality. So, you know, anything that involves real serial killers or stuff like that, I don't, I don't go to see that. However, um, I do like a good ghost movie. And one of the best I've ever seen is the 2007, uh, Spanish language film, El Orfanato or the orphanage. Um, Oh, Space Invaders. <laughs> I was getting a text message on my phone. I'm sorry. It's our special guest Pac-Man here tonight. How are you doing, that's actually, the, uh, that's actually the sound effect of Mario going down a pipe. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it, was, it was presented by, I, I, I think, uh, Guillermo del Toro. God, I have such trouble saying his name. Guillermo del Toro yeah. uh, was involved in it. it was, he, he, he put his name on it so that it would get noticed. Uh, the director's name is actually J.A. Bayona. Um, and it's, I, I, it, is in, it is in Spanish with subtitles, but you've got to see it. Okay. If you are, if, okay, how do I put this without sounding uh, snobbish? I don't like to watch foreign language films that are dubbed. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer to hear the original uh, performance and then read the subtitles. Right. Yeah, uh, and you really got to do that with the orphanage because the the performances are, are magnificent. But this is a really creepy. Uh, a, a woman who grew up in this orphanage comes back to visit, and with her son, uh, and uh, uh, things get really dark really fast. Um, I, all I all I want to say because I don't want to spoil it because it, it you have. I saw this after having the end spoiled for me because I, I listened to a podcast about it thinking I will never watch this movie. So I don't mind hearing how it ends. Yeah. And then when I saw it, I was like, damn, I wish I hadn't <laughs> listened to that before I saw it. So, so why did you watch it? Because I heard it was really good and it is fantastic. And it's very spooky. It's very atmospheric. It's a mystery and a ghost story. And it's, and the ending is – I'm not sure how to put this. But I kind of don't want you to because I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to pay the curse forward. Where, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't want to say anything about the end except that um, it's worth it. Okay. You, you will you, – you will, if you enjoy the movie, you will be glad that you stuck it out till the end. Right. Yeah. Because um, so many, so many horror films really blow it in the third, in the fourth act. Uh, I, like, um, oh, uh, the Woman in Black that came out a couple years I back with, seen, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the, with the, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, the Harry Potter movie. <laughs> it's it's really good, but the at the end they they kind of went, eh, let's pull that last punch. Yeah. And it doesn't ruin the movie, but it's like really. You, you couldn't you couldn't commit to that one last step, uh, mm. so 
That's what I the like. orphanage, El Orfanato. Hmm? That's what I liked about. Uh, I know John said he dropped uh, Drag Me to Hell, Drag Me to Hell off his uh, list, but the, yeah. the the that's what I like about Raimi because he doesn't pull that last punch. You know that that I'm not going to spoil the end of that film, but that last scene is just as intense as the rest of the film. You know. Yeah, honestly, that's 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 the main reason it was on my list because it. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily get if you're if you're living in a horror movie, you should not expect a guarantee that it's going to turn out okay for you. It doesn't always work out that there's that there's uh, one person left alive at the end of the film, because that's not the way it always is in real life. You know, if you get a bunch of teenagers that uh, are in a house with a serial killer, not necessarily one of them is going to survive. You know, <laughs> but um. I'm gonna and I'm gonna do something that I didn't do on our last show, and that that uh, when we get done, after, when I do the show notes, I'm gonna put a list of all the films that we're talking about, so that our listeners can go back and uh, and watch them without having to rewind and fast forward through the show trying to figure out what what films we're talking about. But uh, my second film is gonna be in the sci-fi horror ca- category because you know back in the 50s and 60s they started this whole thing of making all these sci-fi scary movies. And we still do it today. Um, or, you know, even, you know, if you ask me, the first Alien film can be considered a slasher movie, you know, because mm. girl alone on a spaceship and there's something that's taking out people one by one. But the, the one that I wanted to talk about is The Mist from 2007. And uh, based on a, I don't know if it was a short story or a novella that Stephen King wrote. And it's directed by uh, Frank Darabont. And it had Thomas Jane of Punisher fame, uh, Marcia Gay Harden, Andre Brower, and uh, Laurie Holden. Laurie Holden, a lot of our listeners will know as playing Andrea from The Walking Dead. Have either one of you guys seen this film? Um, it's very familiar. And I'm, I think it might have been on my list to see, but I'm not sure if I ever got around okay. to it. I, I heard about it. Uh, I heard the ending was absolutely devastating, so I looked it up, and I will never, ever, ever okay. watch this movie. <laughs> That's one of the things I was going to talk about. I'm not going to give the ending away. but uh, There's not really anything special about the plot, but the movie is still kind of terrifying because there's a there, – okay, the plot is that there's a storm that does some damage to this town, and then the next day everybody's kind of cleaning up and, and uh, trying to get their – power turned back on and all that kind of stuff and this mist starts to roll into the town and the main character that thomas jane plays goes to the supermarket and by the time he gets ready to leave the fog has gotten so thick that you can't even walk through the parking lot you can't see where you're going so he ends up getting trapped in the store because there's these things in the mist that you can't see until it gets you and that's one of the things that terrified me about the film because, you know, you can't see the monster and it's and it's going to grab you, you know. And it's not just one creature. It's not just one kind of creature. There's all kinds of stuff in there. There's these flying bird lizard things and uh, there's there's monsters that you only see piece of. But the reason the film falls into the sci-fi category is because there's a, a couple of lines that are dropped that say that uh, there was some kind of military experiment going on in the next town over where they were they were uh, experimenting with interdimensional travel, and these things got loose. 
uh, this miss came out. And thanks, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't want to say I don't want to say anything about the ending because uh, it's definitely worth watching. But I'm going to warn you. This is not a movie that's going to leave you feeling good. If you want a scary, if you want a scary movie that's fun, and you leave and oh that was a good time or whatever, this isn't it because this movie is going to tear you apart at the end of it. But I think it, I think it's a good film, and 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 Stephen King only agreed to have the movie made if they promised not to change his ending. So. That's all I'm going to say about it because I don't I, I don't want uh, Cosmic Potato listeners to um, not subscribe to the show anymore because I ruined <laughs> the end of a film for them. So. <laughs> okay, we're going to stop there for tonight. I want to thank John and Rick for being here, and we're going to go through some more of our Halloween horror movie picks on the next episode. Before we close up, I want to take just a second talk to our listeners about some changes that we've been uh, going through we are changing our hosting service to Zencast so we won't be hosted by SoundCloud anymore after this month I'm going to keep putting each new episode on SoundCloud for the next uh, few episodes until all of our listeners get the message but the main reason for that is that if you listen to us through an iTunes subscription, that iTunes is coming from the SoundCloud host. So you're going to need to resubscribe in iTunes to the new feed, which will be coming up in the next day or so. And actually, both of them will probably be showing for a while. iTunes is not being a whole lot of help to me with this. I'm trying to get the old one taken down so that there's only one feed showing there. And eventually it will. But... For the foreseeable future, if you were listening to us through an iTunes subscription, you're going to need to go back to iTunes and resubscribe to the new feed that's coming up. And you'll see it because it'll be a new picture for the iTunes artwork. But don't forget that no matter what kind of changes we go through on the feed, you'll always be able to find us at CosmicPotato.com. And we are also on Twitter at CosmicPotato underscore one. I put links to the show up there all the time. Also, on Sunday nights, I live tweet during The Walking Dead. So, if you watch The Walking Dead and you want to hear what I'm thinking about what's going on on the show, go ahead and uh, subscribe to that feed. And also, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Cosmic Potato Podcast. We're working on the next show for you. And until next time, take care of yourselves. We'll see you in the future.